Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. We are excited to talk about something that we don't usually talk about, which is reading strategies. And this will help you deepen your understanding when you're reading like a a challenging text. And we wanted to share, I found three really good ones. And so we're going to call this the trifecta. So let's let's talk about what a reading strategy actually is, because I think most people don't know, because I didn't, and I've learned through you what those are. So just an overview, what is a reading strategy and why is it important? Well, the reason you probably didn't know at one time, they may have come in a little easier. They just make, because like in that Simon Sinek book, Start With Why, Mm -hmm. I think we used to be a society that started with why. And we asked that question. Kids were naturally curious and they asked questions. But now um, it's like people want to be really good at something without um, putting in effort and they just want everything to come easy. And so these have kind of come about recently, um, like when I I taught you, but I I did not teach you reading strategy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of them, but one is like, uh, you know, your background knowledge is important and you have to, you have to really have lessons on accessing your background knowledge and about using, you know, stopping when you don't know a word, but here's what I, I, you know, over the years I can say, like when, when I had your class, if if you guys had this word that you didn't know, you didn't read it and pretend you did know it. You Mm -hmm. said, why is that there? What is that word? If, if, If it is so important that it affects the comprehension of that, you guys would ask the question, why? Well, somewhere along the line, we quit asking questions. So one of my big reading strategies is ask questions, that you've got to ask questions. And so you've got to teach kids and people, I guess, to ask questions. And then that just makes your reading deeper. It deepens it. And then another one is like make connections, which is huge. Because then you can, you know, like metaphors or similes and all that. You know, when you can make connections, uh, it makes reading enjoyable and memorable too. So, I mean, so what, so what I hear you, what yeah, I hear you, what I hear you saying is that reading strategies basically are making those bridges, making connections to things that you already know. And the importance of that is just so that you will remember uh, the text better and that you will connect with the text and that you will be able to apply it or later on. Is that correct? Is it more? Yeah. It, and enjoy it. You enjoy it more, you know, because, you know, nobody really enjoys uh, holding a book and going through the pages. And then when you say, well, what was it about? And uh, I don't know. I mean, what does anybody what what did you do? (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But like Teddy Roosevelt says that it, you know, if you read a book, it will change you. And, and, you know, your um, your avid readers like we don't have to make all the mistakes. 
we can read from text. So really, books can change your life for the better. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to make all the mistakes. Yes. <laughs> I would like to learn from someone else's mistakes. So really, we could say reading strategies are almost like um, that, The you know, when you're at the gas station and there's that uh, I can't think of the name of it, but you that extra stuff that makes you makes your car that you put in with the gas that makes your car run more efficiently. You can run longer. Um, it, it it just helps the engine operate better. That's kind of a reading strategy. You're getting more out of what you're reading, basically, yeah. right? Okay. It's like when you're making a recipe. Have you ever left the salt out of something? Oh, many times, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's kind of what this would be. This makes the salt, which makes it much richer and fuller. Your you know your your book, you're just going to enjoy it a lot more, you know, like you could eat something without salt, you mm -hmm. could, but actually salt also has minerals and stuff that's good for you, you get that real salt, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I just think it deepens, and uh, it's powerful, it packs a punch, and okay. kids, my kids have really, uh, just, some of these were old, but uh, one of them was the triangle, which um, is new and we just started using it. I mean, new to me, it could be really old, but new to me. And um, so I thought, well, why don't we share that? Okay. So we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about, we have three strategies today, right? There's a lot of them, but we're only, we're going to focus in on three. Is that correct? We're going to, yeah, because they, they, there's three of them and each one of them has a three parts. So that's why I thought it would be cool to group them together. And we're calling it the trifecta. The trifecta. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. Okay, so start us off with the first one. And uh, uh, what would wh which one do you want to start with? I was going to go with the that. triangle. Okay, so this is an upside-down triangle. Think of that. Visualize that in your head. And then go for it. So um, let's say you're reading a book. And, and we also, my kids in class, we did this with a, a Bible chapter so if you read like we did joshua so i'm just going to use that as an example so we read joshua one and then we drew this upside down triangle then you divide it uh horizontally into thirds and then um the top layer is three and we divide that ver you know into three sections so and um hopefully you can attach a visual and people can see it um yes but it's, it's easy to visualize a, a an upside down triangle three sections on the top and these are, I learned. So then you say what you learned. And it's so good to write it down. It is so good to write it down because you'd be surprised because Joshua has 24 chapters. When we got, they could still tell you things that were in the first six chapters because we wrote them down. Mm -hmm. And in the middle there, where they're allotting all the land, we kind of didn't write stuff down. So those were fuzzy, you know, because we didn't, we didn't take time to do this, um, the strategy. And then in the middle, section there's two parts because your triangle's getting narrow so there's only two parts and those are two questions and i don't ever i usually say let's ask different uh like a why question a who what where don't ask all the same don't say what what because some questions are really like um as my brother and i used to eat, eat man egg sandwiches when we were young someone said well what's in a man egg sandwich i said man eggs <laughs> and they said that's it and I said, yeah, that's all we had sometimes. We just made our own mayonnaise sandwich. And they said, oh, that doesn't sound very good. Some questions are just like, if you said, what color was his shirt? That's a mayonnaise sandwich type question. You're not going to deepen your understanding. But if you ask those why questions or how did they feel or, you know, those make deepen better. 
but mm. that kind of comes over the passage of time. And then the last point is my favorite one because it's make a connection. So you've got those things in your arsenal. So I'm reading mere Christianity with a friend and, um, that's, that's our book club of one. There's only two people in that book club. Nobody wants to read CSS. <laughs> it's hard, I guess. But anyway, I'm doing a, um, a, I'm doing the triangle on that. And there's usually room in a book. You can even do it or you can do it in a notebook. But, um, and she always, she says, what was your questions? What was this? What was, you know, because uh, then you can share that if you are in a book club with someone. Do you it's recommend cool. doing that per chapter, per uh, half of the book? What What do you think for this strategy would be? Well, if, if you're reading C.S. Lewis, probably every stra- every chapter, but if it was just like a fictional book. Mm-hmm. You the know, ends like- maybe once or. Yeah, like in Count of Monte Cristo, we might do that at the end, or we could have probably done that every 500 pages. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, but you know, it would be, you know, if you feel like your comprehension, if you're losing it or you're having trouble focusing, then that would be a good time to pull out the triangle. Okay. And and just give it a try. And you, you, you know, you could even do it with kids when you're, if you do a read aloud with your kids. You could say, well, what did we learn in this chapter? What do, what questions could we ask each other, you know, and then what's a connection? Because you really have to think, teach connections. But once they get them, kids are pros once they get used to making connections. They're so good at it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's really interesting to, to hear their connections. Which so and I did I just did it just to try it out on. So I'm starting The Goliath Must Fall. You've already read that. But I wanted to see what it was like to do it on that after you told me. I really liked it. it oh, it's, good. It I really not you had time. So great. Yeah. Uh, I, so it's it definitely does deepen. It makes you think about what you read. And I think so many times I'm guilty of reading something and moving on so quickly to the next thing. I don't really stop and think about it. So I think that's, I think that's important, but uh, actually doing the podcast with you in our book club, that's helped me too, because we stop and we go back and we think about what we read. And so that's huge. Yeah. And and it helps you to mainly slow down a little bit. I think we, we, we live in a very fast paced world and uh, we want to just go, 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 go. But it does take, that's why, you know, if you ever listen to Jordan Peterson, he never gets in a hurry. You, yes. You rush him and he's thinking and he has an intelligent answer you know but i think we need to slow down a little bit breathe yes 100 percent. and then for the second trifecta a, a part of the trifecta after the upside down triangle uh and my kids just call it the triangle are we doing the triangle they actually want to do the triangle so we did the triangle all through joshua but then we went back to our workbook uh yesterday and they really like the triangle better Okay. So this because, is, so the triangle is your student's preferred reading strategy. Yeah. Okay. They, they'd rather do that than a work uh, worksheet. And I said, yeah. Uh, and so I'm going to mix it up. We, we don't always have to do the workbook pages. You know, mm-hmm. I like the triangle because grading them, everyone's different. So therefore I like it. Yes. Um, and the, the second one is one that we do like every week and sometimes even more. It's in, um, I use this in jail ministry. Um, even when we read like a chapter of the Bible, then I think what it's called CSI. What, okay. what, and what does that stand for? What does CSI stand for? 
C is for color. And, um, and, and that is, this is like, um, like I'm reading this read aloud. This is really handy for parents or teachers that are doing a read aloud with their kids. And so we just, I was reading the save me a seat to my class. And I said, this one boy, um, he couldn't do PE because he didn't have rec specs. Now this is in New Jersey. So he, and the boys from India and all this. And so he's mad. He's really mad about it. So what was the color that they picked? Red. Yeah. Red. Cause he's mad, but, and, uh, <laughs> this one in, in the brief part of this chapter, it lets you know where the kids are. One kid put, well, blue, because somewhere it mentioned that he liked this one kid, liked blue M&Ms. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, which is more important that he's really mad or that he likes blue M&Ms? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of discuss that. And then the second part, uh, and when we do this on paper, we just trifold a paper like you would a brochure to go somewhere, you know? So it okay. kind of is, is cool for them. And then the second one is S for symbol. So all numbers are symbols and then uh, all emojis are symbols and there's a lot of symbols in our world. We're, we live in a, a, a tons of, all flags are symbols and stuff. So then you just draw a, um, a symbol and then you tell why. In, in class, I have them right. Why? So uh, at the top is the color and then below it is a little sentence or two about why they chose it. And then the symbol and then why they wrote that symbol. And then over here for I is um, image. And they get to draw an image and tell about that. So um, we do this every week when we do Travel Tuesday. We go to a place. We just went to Scotland. So some of them drew an image of uh, the Loch Ness Monster. And then they said that, is it myth or is it real? And they drew a little thing that that's part of their history and all that. So it, it's really cool because the kids get to use their, their, their strengthening their strategies. But they also have a little voice in uh, how they do it. For sure. And I feel like that's connecting both sides of your brain because yeah, you're, you're getting into the image and the color and the symbol side, but then you're pulling it over to the other side with the words and the, you know, so I think that's really powerful using both sides of the brain. And I will say, man, it, you know, I can see growth in this so much, uh, the second semester. So if you do one with, um, if you try one with yourself or kids and it, and it kind of tanks, you think, well, this didn't do anything. Keep doing it, keep doing it. And then you'll be surprised because there's one little girl, she struggled with symbols. She just couldn't think she never could think of a symbol, but yesterday mm -hmm. she did it. And I was like, see, you can do symbols. And she was so excited, you know, I was well, like, good. Huh. <laughs> and sometimes on the, um, some people don't have trouble with the color, you know, they just, mm -hmm. And only think of man. Well, if you're colorblind. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But so. I've actually had students that were colorblind, and he did not have any trouble with that. Okay. There you go. Because, you know, color's kind of, you know, yellow's kind of a happy color. And, mm -hmm. you know, and you can read the, I really didn't give him a pass on it at all. He did yeah. one every week. So, you know, no pass. If, if you do that, that just kind of weakens the kid. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I said, well, you can read the side of the crayon. And you, yeah, yeah. So, you know. And sometimes they'll think of something. So, uh, like I remember at, in, at jail, somebody said, I, I made it, they made it green. We did the sermon on the Mount or something. It was green. It said for growth. Cause I have a lot of growth to do. Wow. That's what I put. I did not yeah. say that at all, but, uh, see, I mean, it's all symbolic actually. Mm. So, 
And I think that would help you remember the lesson better, you know, because when you connect a color to it, um, I feel like you'll remember it, you know, because if you think about it and that your most vivid memories are very colorful and I, I can't remember which book we read that in, but um, the, the more emotion that's tied to a memory, the more color it will have. But there is something about color and our brain and remembering that they all go together. So I think that's really cool that this strategy ties that ties that in. And the last one. OK, so we've got the upside down triangle CSI and the last one. Did I forget what it was? Oh, yeah, it was. This one's the easy one. OK, and they really like this in, in jail, too. Um, sentence phrase word my so kids, spw yeah my kids struggle with this because they don't like uh having to choose a word they're okay with the sentence and they're and i will say the ladies in jail have the same problem sometimes they, they cannot get it down to one word mm. and um i and that's challenging yes. it is i mean when i do it did it myself it, it's it's very challenging but it's so good that you pick out your the most impactful sentence in what you read and then the most impactful phrase and um, the, the most kind of like the word that summarizes it all up. Now my book club, you know, we did this with um, screw tape letters by CS Lewis and they, they were just like, this is hard. So they were like, they were crying worse than the (laughs) the kids or the ladies in jail. Yeah. So the third graders won on grit with this reading strategy yeah uh, it's funny. because if you kind of approach it as a game and then make sure that you share these like if everybody in your family is reading a book or you're in a book club then share them with everybody because i guarantee you everybody usually has something different now sometimes yeah. you will have the same word and then it's cool it's like yes. oh that's cool but you know it it, it it's just a, a challenging and a good way to have feedback on what you're reading and so what's it. what's the difference between a sentence and a phrase can you define that what would be the difference well a sentence would be starting with a capital letter and ending with some form of punctuation and some sentences are long you know and sometimes you would just like we just did joshua so at the end of joshua he said uh as for me and my house we will serve the lord that's not a whole sentence that would be a phrase. That would be a phrase. Okay. And then if you, and, and sometimes I notice kids will pick, pick a sentence and then they'll pick a phrase out of that sentence. I don't really encourage that. I would like you to pick a sentence, then go somewhere else, get your phrase, and then go somewhere else and get your word. That's not typically what happens though. They tend to get a sentence and then they pick their phrase out of that and then they pick their word out of that. Why, what, is, what would be the purpose of not doing that? Why would that... I guess it's okay, but for me, I want to get as much as I can, you know, Mm. I want to say, okay, I really love this sentence and this phrase is, so it seems like you're diluting your information when you get it all from one sentence, you know, Mm. but that's just my opinion. And I don't ever, you know, uh, well, I do voice it, but I don't say, well, maybe that's a good place to start. And then maybe when they get that down, they can branch out. Yeah, this because is the one we haven't done nearly as much as, like CSI, they're getting to be pros on CSI. Very, very pros. Okay, very so in your experience, which, like, how would you, if someone's starting out, never done reading strategies with their kids, or maybe they have a class or whatever, what would, which one would you say start with? And which one would you say, like, how would you rank these? 
Oh, the easiest one, definitely, I think, and the kid, the most kid-friendly one is the CSI. Okay. And because I started that one day one of, um, and I've had uh, really, I mean, I have never had a kid that didn't like to do it. Okay. Now, once you get beyond throw, folding the paper into thirds, <laughs> that's the hardest part of that. And um, then they love doing it. I don't know if it's because it has crayons involved or I don't know. They love it though. Okay. Like, my CSI. I got to do, I have to do my CSI. And then you think probably the triangle next and then SPW? Yeah. And I think, now don't get me wrong. I have some kids that prefer the triangle right now uh, because they are connection people and they like to connect, you know, but feel, you know, it's your strategy and if, and you know, your kids better than anyone. So if you want to change color to connect or you could have connect and color, you've got a whole bunch of room there. So you could, you could do that and, and tweak it, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's other strategies, but they have four in them. And one of those we could talk about next time and we could do a quad one uh, and they have four in there. So we do all these strategies to avoid um, doing worksheets because it lets you know what the person's thinking. Are they getting the gist of the story or are they going down this little trail that is are they majoring in the majors or are they majoring in the minors? So this for you is a good indicator. Like a, it's, you're basically taking their temperature, your re their reading temperature. You can see where they're at. Yeah. And then I can go talk to them and we can have a conversation about that and try to help them. And, and I think it works because usually I have a, several come at the beginning of the year and they don't really like reading. I've never had anybody leave and not like reading. They always like reading because they've realized that reading, it, it's an adventure when you read. And you're really good about, um, you're really good about not demanding people read certain things. Like you, you really try to find what their, that person's interest is. So someone may, like, I know you've had boys that don't like fiction. They really prefer nonfiction. And you're good about, you have a lot of nonfiction for those people but you have a lot of fiction for the others. You have a wide variety. And I think that's important too, to honor people's honor people where they're at and like what they, what they like, you know? Yeah. It, especially when they're, when they're where they're at, like in second or third, fourth grade. I, but I do say, you know, I give them genre boxes. They do have to read something from all these genres. So oh, for sure. But I'm, you're t I'm talking about like their personal reading time. Yeah. But once they finish and I just had a boy finish the genre boxes in February. So it's a big deal. Wow. So that means he's read poetry. He's read science fiction. He's read historical fiction. And he, it, it was just a big deal for him to finish. So, uh, yeah, he ran in the school. I finished. I finished. <laughs> I can. That's really important because I see what you're saying. Because at their age, they need exposure to know what they like. So they yeah. may not. So they may think they like one thing just because they haven't experienced another genre. So that, that is would, cool. Yeah, that would be me because I'm just like, oh, I'm happy with the status quo. Don't bother me when I was a kid. But I had teachers that pushed me to read different genres, and I'm so glad that they did. Because now, you know, then you can make an intelligent guess about, well, I, you're, you know, I like this because. But, and also, you don't, who's to say you could change? There's different times when you might want to read historical fiction or you might want, you know, it's just good to at least be familiar. It's kind of like sure. the love languages. You want to be familiar with all five. 
for sure be able to speak them you know because i guarantee you your kids probably will like a genre that that is not your favorite well <laughs> yes. you need to know you need to know what it is you know mm-hmm. so but, going yeah. back to the reading yeah. strategies which one do you find yourself using personally is there one that you gravitate towards personally um well, I think the easiest one for me to do would probably be the triangle one. And before that, I always in the margins of my book would do connections. Mm-hmm. So connections are really, uh, I think they're fun for me. But uh, also, I think any kind of feedback from what you're right, what, what you're reading, it, it will deepen ears. But what about you? Well, I'm just now learning kind of all these. So I'm not I'm not really sure. I think probably the easiest one if I'm in the middle of a book would be the the SPW because you could underline it. You know, you could do that in your book. Like with mm-hmm. the triangle, you do need more space. Yeah. So I could see the, the SPW really like you could whoop, mark your sentence, phrase and word, uh, which maybe that's a good place to start too. You know, just like if you yeah. don't want to well, stop reading. All during COVID time, when I was doing my Bible study, that's what I did. I did sentence, word, and phrase. And someone had gotten me a little, um, kind of like a notebook or something. And I did that. Every day, I'd read my Bible reading. And then I would write the sentence that I picked out, the phrase, and the word. And it is it is quick. And it is easy. And, you know, I, I and I just, I like that. I mean, I think that'd be cool to do that with someone and then talk about it. For so sure. what, what sentence did you, and so it, and, and jail, sometimes I have it at the end of our little sheet, study sheet, and sometimes I will forget it, but they will, it has never failed that they'll say, you forgot, you forgot the sentence word phrase, you forgot this, and they want to do the CSI, and they want to do, I have not uh, really done the um, triangle with the the ladies yet, I, I gave it to them, I gave you a copy of what I gave them, but we haven't really walked through that. So, yeah, I guess if you were going to start easy, probably you're right, the sentence, phrase, and word, and then go to CSI. Because the CSI is, um, you're kind of getting off of concrete and getting abstract. The other mm-hmm. one is very concrete. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's try to do one of them on our next book. We'll try to do that and talk about, we'll, we'll you can pick a CS, uh, pick a reading strategy and we will, We'll talk about our connections uh, from our next book that we do. And yeah, that's uh, powerful, powerful indeed. And I am just, uh, yeah, thank you for letting us put out the trifecta because I thought, well, here's three reading strategies and they have three parts each so we can put them all together. So that gives, I mean, it's like a smorgasbord. You can pick (laughs) which one you want. It's a charcuterie board of reading strategies. And And, tune in for more. Tune in for more. So I think that is a wrap on our episode today where we discussed reading strategies. Pick some, try them with your family or yourself or if you have students and let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, You can always subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And uh, if you want to connect, you can check us out on Facebook. We're the Recap Book Chat group. And we will... Are you going to try to put a link or something to these in the show notes? Yes, I will put I will put a link to these in the show notes and I'll also put a PDF where we'll kind of have them all laid out how to do them and all that should be in the show notes. So check that out. And 
keep those pages turning and those book lights burning. And we are so thankful you're with us, but we will catch you on the next one. Bye.